Welcome to the AI Assisted Organization Podcast with your host, myself, Piers Linney, and my co-host and co-founder of Implement AI, Dr. Alok Shukla. Hi, Alok. Hi, Piers. How are you? I'm all right. Um, I'm, I'm up north. So you were over here in, in uh, Manchester. We had a, quite, a few, um, quite a few events last week, actually, which we had some great feedback from. Yeah, no, it was great. It was in London, then in Manchester, and now back in Lisbon, which is great. Yeah, we did one with the, the sort of GM Growth Hub in Manchester. So we're looking at doing some more events and we're going to start doing some webinars as well. So this week's um, podcast is, we're focused on, as we always do, sort of news that's relating to you know AI for business. There's some interesting news, quite some technical news, but it's, there's some potentially really interesting developments that are going to affect everything that we do and everything you do in your business. And today we're going to focus on uh, AI in meetings and how you can absolutely transform the, the how you run your meetings and the value of meetings, because let's face it, they are quite expensive things uh, we've just launched as well our ai toolkit so if you haven't got this yet you'll get our white papers and a, an actual toolkit to help you implement ai so if you go to implementai.io and then slash ai hyphen toolkit all lowercase you'll be able to um sign up for that and download everything but we'll come back to that we had a big week for us this week we released the ai agent um white paper finally so we're going to give you a week to read it and download it and we'll focus on that and do a deep dive next week so we're going to go through um, AI news, some implement AI updates, talk about what we do, and then we're going to talk about the power that you can extract from meetings using AI, and then, of course, our AI of the week. So news this week, there's not a huge amount of kind of specific, you know, actionable AI for business news, really. But as ever, there's always something that's interesting, and we're going to sort of run through that. And I think the first thing we're going to focus on is um, the news that Stack Overflow, which increased its um, go-to-market sales team by about 45% last year, has now just let go 20 28% of its staff, about 100, about 100 people. Now, if you don't know Stack Overflow, it's sort of a, a community of forum where if you're a developer, you can go and see, you know, support and guidance and advice even to help you sort of develop code. And what we're seeing is, as we've talked about a lot on this podcast is that, you know, Amazon Bedrock, Google have got a, um, a sort of a browser-based solution, a meta, and of course, you know, you've got Microsoft's Copilot and GitHub, mean that the need for that kind of support is kind of going away. And my view, as I always say on this podcast, is that code is going away a lot, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think people's behavior, like rather than going to Stack Overflow or somewhere to find the answers to it, if you could actually have that answer done for you in the context that you've got using one of these coding tools, it's going to be much, much better. And the, the percentage of people using these co-pilot tools for, for coding is increasing as well. So I don't think it's going to go away completely, but I mean, but the, the percentage of proportion of AI-generated code is just going to increase. Yeah, so I think, um, as I always say, that eventually, you know, the, the need to, you have an idea, you know, you have a big team to develop this stuff, and then, you know, you had an objective and you iterated it. I think code to me is going to be like a microwave. Not when people know how it actually works, but, you know, it warms your potatoes. So what you're going to see is that you'll have an idea, you'll talk to technology in natural language, it'll write the code you want, it'll provide a solution. It might not be quite right, it'll explain what's wrong with it it'll fix it. And we've been playing with quite a few no-code platforms as well to implement AI. So, you know, especially into the automation, full automation. And uh, they're good, but they're not quite there yet. And I think that even no-code will go away because you'll be able to, again, just talk to technology in natural language and it will write the code that you need. So moving on, so Meta... So yeah, Meta continues to, you know, um, output, you know, open source uh, LLMs, various models, but a lot of research, which is really fascinating. And, you know, you've probably heard of, you know, um, Elon Musk trying to plug into your brain. He's now got FDA approval to start testing that. But Meta have now um, launched, it's a paper really, but they're announcing, they call it a milestone. I'm not going to try and pronounce magnetoencephalography. 
Maybe that's right, actually. I'm going to call it MEG. <laughs> so it's a, it's a non-invasive uh, neuroimaging technique. So the idea here is that you can image somebody's brain. So it's, it seems to work better. You can see what they're looking at. And eventually, it'll, it'll become better where you can actually see more of, of what they're thinking. Now, what has this got to do with AI for business? So right now, today, the use cases are, I'm not entirely sure what they are, but you can imagine this is profound. You know? Being able to see in somebody's mind is, is, the, is the stuff of science fiction. And now this has a lot of ethical issues that are going to come with it, but the, the power of this technology is um, it's accelerating, uh, you know, as we always say, at exponential speed. No, I mean, like, totally agree. And, and as we have these models, which not only can predict the words that we're doing, but also can predict our states and emotions as well it's just going to increase the power of these systems completely and moving on so meta uh, another thing which is probably more relevant in the nearer term is a, an embodied robot simulator so embodiment is you know is essentially ai that's what's going to power these things in in different form factors so you've seen you know the boston robotics you know the dog the four-legged um, dog the atlas the, the, the thing that does you know, backflips and does parkour but what they're doing is creating a simulation. So it's a bit, it's a bit like, in a way, um, you know, training models on synthetic data. So you see more of this where they create a virtual environment and they put humans in it and they put the robot in it. And the robot learns to navigate and work with uh, and support a human in that environment. And that environment could just be a house. You know, it can be, um, it can be a care home. It can be a factory. Uh, and again, as we mentioned last week, you're now seeing that there are you know, it's the RTX generalist uh, robot models. This was a Google model, actually that allow robots to learn very, very quickly about the environment, what objects are, rather than becoming very specialist. So when you start combining these things together, what you're going to see is the ability of robots to, you know, sort of augment humans physically uh, is going to, the capability is going to be there. What's going to have to catch up and become cheaper is the hardware. No, and, and, and I think the hardware will become much cheaper. I mean, I, I had some years ago this thing called a pad bot. I don't know if you come across these peers. It's basically an iPad on a stand on wheels and you can drive and control it remotely so it can kind of see around and stuff like that like but that was driven by like me and then i could see what was going on in a kind of place i've got friends a lot with that you can drive around and you can see what's going on in different places but i mean but now if you've got this which is controlled by ai that can detect like what's going on in different places i mean it's not far away so like have different things which can open things and do things and go things from there yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna. I was reading the book, and you haven't read it yet. It's, I don't recommend books that often. The last one was years ago. It was a hard thing by hard things by Ben Horowitz. But the new book is the The Coming Wave by Mustafa uh, Suleiman, and he's one of the founders of a Google DeepMind. Fantastic book. And one of the things he says in there is that in the not too distant future, you know, a, a, a sort of a, an embodied AI in a pretty powerful form factor could be a human form factor will cost the same as a you know a fridge freezer. And uh, when that day comes, you know, things are going to change dramatically. So you keep your eye on robotics. It, it's, it's further out than sort of the augmentation of humans with cognitive labor and, and AI, but it, it's coming and it's going to arrive very, very quickly. There'll be a breakthrough someday in terms of the form factor, the capability and, and the, the sort of cost where things will change very, very quickly. And then some other um, interesting news is this was uh, Sam Altman again, the um, OpenAI CEO, the people that built a uh, ChatGPT. 
he was, um, I think it was a Wall Street Journal conference saying that artificial intelligence, and this again leads into our AI agent uh, white paper, artificial intelligence is likely going to lead to seismic changes in the in the workforce. So he says it's going to eliminate many professions and it's going to require societal rethink of how people spend their time. Now, I tend to agree with this in, in the sort of longer term, um, but I think that, and I don't know what that longer term is, is it five years, is it 15 years, is it 20 years? I know, we don't know yet. Um, it's very hard to sort of um, estimate in, in exponential growth but we agree that you are going to see you know our model the ai assisted organization what that really means is you're augmenting and assisting humans so you're going to see the humans are augmented they're scaled up they're assisted and over time some of those roles it will become if you read my recent blog better cheaper faster safer to use humans this will this is inevitable it's a question of where and when and at what pace I mean, you, you just quoted at the beginning of the, of the, of the podcast, you know, like people laying off jobs and different things like this. I mean, LinkedIn laid off a load of jobs as well. I mean, it, it's evolving and, and, it's, and, and the people who are closest to tech and then understand it, like that's kind of happening fast and it's just going to permeate its way through the rest of society, basically. So definitely everyone needs to upskill. Like you don't have to be reactive since things can be negative. If you upskill and you move further up the value pyramid, as you always say, and you, you work with technology, then, you know, you can create better roles, but you, you have to evolve. I mean, it's a no-brainer if you ask me. So I, I was posting on LinkedIn, if you haven't read it yet, a LinkedIn about our AI agent uh, white paper. And, you know, part of the post is about if you're an employer, you need to think about this. If you own a business or you run a business. And the next piece was about if you're employed, okay? So if you're employed, why would you not want to be scaled up with artificial intelligence, you know? Why would you go and work for an employer, an organization that didn't give you those tools so you could scale yourself up, you know, automate the mundane, as we always say, so you can then focus on more meaningful work and what what you actually went into that career to do so it's a win-win and you know anybody who is working for anybody whether you're an employer employee should be looking at this to make work something which is more meaningful and for the employer more profitable so next week we're going to do a big deep dive on ai agents so this is kind of our businesses evolve very quickly but this is kind of what we do okay and um i was asking chat gpt in the car as you do because i can talk to it uh and they're saying look we're developing these agents how would you look at that how would you describe it and he says look your individual agents are they're like the musicians in an orchestra but your product is the orchestra and i think that's fantastic and that's what we're going to be doing so listening next week but make sure before you do that you've downloaded the ai agent white paper you can go onto our website and do that or the um ai toolkit which i've mentioned for the urls AI is open sorry it's, it's implementai.io for slash ai hyphen toolkit you can download everything there now moving on really interesting um developments is one of the issues with large language models is a context window okay so you see gpt4 might have thirty-two thousand tokens claws up to sort of a is it hundred thousand tokens which is about probably seventy thousand words but some of those tokens are used by the system some of those tokens are obviously used by your prompt and some of those tokens are used by the kind of background information the context the documents the pdfs that you want to upload at the same time but essentially it's fixed so imagine you're having a, a long-term conversation with a, a chatbot or an AI, and over time you're building up the sort of the length, the transcript, the text, and, it, and it, yeah, the context, and it begins to, and you, and you need that to continue the conversation, you need the memory. So eventually you hit a buffer and you have to start again, which is which isn't very good. So what this paper's um, done is it's called MemGPT or the LLM as an OS. It's trying to structure it so that your you've got your context window is a bit like your sort of RAM. That's your sort of short-term memory. And then they have another 
um, sort of external context, which is a bit like your sort of hard drive um, or SSD, whatever it might be. So it's, it, and if you can make that work, it starts with like an operating system. Now, I don't fully understand how it works a lot because obviously what it's trying to do is compress the context in the external sort of um, context window. And then it's only using what it needs or the compressed context. But over time, you're still going to fill the context window. So I'm not entirely sure how it works yet, but if you can crack this, um, it makes um, large language models much more powerful. You can have, I mean, I think GPT-4 would sort of cap out at about 150 message uh, conversation. And Claude, I think, is about 2,000 messages, which sounds like a lot, but it isn't. Now, over time, obviously, I think the model's context windows are going to grow, so you may not need this, but it's an interesting approach. No, definitely. And it's, it sounds similar to like when you use like a vectorized database, and then you have the LLM on top of it, and the LLM can then query just the bits of the vectorized database which are relevant at that point in time. So, so it kind of sound similar that if it maybe if it maybe the system actually does that and generates that in real time as you're using it, but very powerful because the, the deeper you go into the conversation, the more value you can unlock, and you definitely don't want to just cap out and run out of your context window. So we're we're playing around with that and our our tech team as well, and we're, if we get that working or think is useful, we'll we'll let you know. So moving on, I've spent a lot of time this week. Um, I've had a sort of a, an AI image video week, as I, as I mentioned to you this morning, a lot working on something interesting there and. I thought, well, which image generator do you use? Okay, you've got Midjourney, I used to use quite a lot. And then you've got Dale 3, which is now in ChatGPT. There's SDXL, which is Leonardo, which is quite good for artistic stuff. You've got Google. You've got Dale 3 in Bing or Dale 3 in ChatGPT. I could go on. And I think that you've got Firefly, yeah, there's Google, it goes on. Now, I think what you have to do is work out what's best for your particular um, use case. If you want sort of the cinematic look, quite photorealistic, maybe it's mid-journey. If you want text to be rendered in this accurately, maybe using Dale 3. Dale 3 seems to be more limited, more constrained within chat GPT for probably safety reasons than it is in Bing chat. So you've got more freedom essentially in a Bing chat, but Dale 3 is quite good at rendering, quite rendering at text, which can be quite useful. Okay, cool. No, I mean, there's so many different ones. And what's quite nice is I've seen some tweets where they've shown the same prompt and the outputs in different systems. And you can definitely see the different styles. And so I think it just comes down to like, what you're trying to create, what, what's the style you want? Yeah, Leonardo is quite good at um, artistic uh, rendering, but it's not very good at text, for example. So if you have to play with those, it makes makes quite a difference. But um, you know, they're getting better and better all the time. I think Midjourney is going to be out of Discord soon. It'll be they've kind of got a kind of got an app. It's going to be in, in a browser quite soon. Um, and don't forget that you don't need to really buy stock imagery anymore. You can create anything on the fly. And the last thing really we'll sort of touch on the news today was uh, there's quite a big report every year. It's called the State of AI. This year is called obviously the State of AI 2023. A lot of it was focused on kind of AI safety, really, that there's a big um, government back back conference at Bletchley Park in the UK quite soon, which is kind of focused more on safety. Uh, the 166-page report, what I really gleaned from it that was useful really is that ChatGPT4, which we kind of all know, is way ahead of the game in most cases, depending how you how you measure that. So that's something you should be thinking about when you're deciding upon which um, large language model to use. Um, Claw's good, but ChatGPT4 seems to be sort of out there in terms of capability, but not in terms of the context window and the length of documents it creates. It can be quite limited. Uh, and then what we're also seeing now is a start of recursive evolution, recursive improvement. The model is beginning to, you know, cursively test themselves, um, comment on themselves, QA themselves, and improve themselves. And that's where you really do start to see um, exponential change and improvement over time. Right, let's talk about Implement AI. So Implement AI, you know, we, t- we sort of touch on this every week, but we're going to give you a bit more detail, I think, going forward from now on. So 
We've written three white papers. One's about the chief AI officer, which is an important role. Most companies don't want to have one or can't afford one. So we've introduced the idea of fractional chief AI officers, fractional chows. And then our first white paper was one called the AI Assisted Organization and Blueprint. So that's kind of our framework, really, is how do you look at your business? How do you look, how do you sort of cut through the noise? How do you start on the journey of creating an AI assisted organization, going from using no AI to eventually, you know, down the line, most organizations, the successful ones, at least are going to be AI first. So how do you start on that journey uh, and how do you start to make changes? That was the first white paper. The second one, which has taken us quite a long time to write in terms of thought and things move over quickly, is focused on AI agents. So it's called Human Resources Times AI Agents, Your Augmented Workforce. And this is something you should read whether you're an employer an entrepreneur or an employee, if, if you're employed or you want a career, because it's going to impact everybody. Uh, and this is kind of really implement AI's product, isn't it, a lot? Yeah, no, 100%. Like, I think the whole point is like having AI as part of the team, as part of the workforce, either as an assistant, your team members are working with it, or it's actually doing certain roles by itself. This is the way it's going. And the tools are already here. So the question is like, how can you start to work with it? And then in this white paper, we talk about like how your team members can collaborate with AI and also like how that AI workforce and some of the digital agents will be in the future and the present, to be honest. And so, yeah, you should definitely read that. So go and have a read of those. Uh, you can download the AI toolkit. I mentioned the URL previously. Sign up for our AI newsletter. So it's called the AI Insider Newsletter. So every week uh, we sort of give you a, kind of a summary of the podcast as well, some other useful points. And we're also going to start, you know, um, requesting phone numbers, not because we want to sort of call you, but so we want to start communicating using um, audio notes, which we can create using artificial intelligence. So we've kind of, if you sign up for one of our newsletters, it's kind of early days. Where you get a, a personalized video message from me where I kind of, you know, speak your name within the video introducing you to um, implement AI so please do that and then normally what our clients do what they what they start with is training so AI training we're now rolling out our sort of training academy so quite a few clients getting good feedback on our courses and then also the first thing people tend to, to dip in their toes into becoming an AI assisted organization is our AI activate so this is a 60-day sprint we look at policy we look at governance there's some training in there kind of AI fundamentals or prompt engineering the kind of the basics really which everybody needs to know and then we have a 60-day sprint so we look at your business look at your key workflows look at the low-hanging fruit and we then develop an MVP, or we may already have one of our AI agents that we can sort of integrate into your business and your data and deploy those in your business uh, to see how much value can be created. And the ROIs we're seeing with some of our clients are just off the chart. No, definitely. So yeah, if you haven't checked those things out, please do check those things out. And yeah, exciting. So let's move on to this week's theme, right? This is one of our favorites, really, and it's very, very easy to do. Um, and the, the more meetings I attend now, sometimes there's, there are more AIs in the meeting than humans. I've been at many meetings where I've been able to get there where my AIs turned up to the meeting. So this is fascinating. It's really easy to do. There's some great um, applications out there, and it can transform your business. We all know that you know meetings are super expensive in terms of time. The conversation, the meeting of minds is clearly very important. And a lot of that information resolution, as I call it, it, it just gets lost. You've got different people taking notes, wasting time. Some people are paid to take notes, which is a complete waste of time. And then when they're, when they're writing notes, they, they're all going to be writing down different things as well. So everyone's got a different view of what happened in that meeting. So what you can now do is there are AIs, there's different platforms, there's the Fireflies, there's Otter AI, there's Phantom, there's lots of other ones. You're going to see these in the main productivity suites too, like Google, Duet, Microsoft Copilot. Is you can invite an AI to the meeting and it basically listens to the meeting, transcribes the meeting, and that means you have all the information captured and you can start to do interesting things with it. 
we spend so much time in meetings, we discuss so many important points, we cannot remember them all. So using AI in meetings is one of the best first places you can actually start, actually. Yeah, so the, the first thing it does really is, is the obvious one, is it transcribes the meeting. So what these AIs do essentially, they record the meeting, very simplistically, they transcribe the meeting. So now you've got a, a written record of the meeting. What that then means is you can then summarize the meeting. So for example, Microsoft Copal, as, as far as I know, if you, if you come into a meeting late, I think Google Duet might do this as well. If you come into a meeting late, you can catch up. You can give you a summary of who said what and what the main points of the meeting are. So it transcribes the meeting. You can summarize the meeting. You can share those summaries. You can do audio clips, video clips of interesting parts, although I don't see why you need to because you've, you've got a transcript really. And then that can be shared and that can be then transposed into minutes, into action points. You can populate people's to-do lists in their diaries. So what it means is everyone's got the same record of the meeting. If you miss the meeting, you can catch up on the meeting and you can distribute the content of that meeting far easier. You can use then use that to set agendas for the to-do lists or what needs to happen in the next meeting. So you can now start to think about your automating then um, processes. So you're saying, look, here's the meeting. This is what needed to get done. This is who's supposed to do it. And the next meeting is, well, did they do it? And if not, why not? So you can automate that entire sort of management process, really. Another big one I look as well, which I think is becoming increasingly important, is um, language translation. Yeah, definitely. And like we've, we've seen so many video tools where you can do language translation of what you're talking about. But if you've got the real-time language translation for international meetings, that's just going to enhance communication and break down barriers even, even more. But I mean, the power of these of these tools is like, one thing I like a lot is like when I was in a meeting, I was in a meeting last week and they were talking about some numbers to do with like a kind of like um, customer value, basically. And, and the guy was talking through different points about different different elements of that. And what I was able to do with the AI is afterwards, I had to say, okay, based on this meeting, can you build me a customer value model on what there was there? And it can actually then do that. So, you know, the, the power of like the, the prompts, the analysis, the, the interrogation and the outputs you can get from these meeting notes is very profound. And, and it means that you can also then feed that back to the person you're working with and say, is this what you meant? And they'll be like, wow, that's, that's, that's exactly what I meant. And it just, just helps you get to that ground truth and that clarity um, much faster. That's a very good point. Yeah, I, I, you think of meetings as these, these kind of internal meetings, whereas you know a lot of meetings are with you know potential customers or potential hires. So especially with customers, um, what you're then capturing is everything that happened in that meeting. If it's a video call, a virtual meeting, you're now capturing um, facial expressions. So the next level is, is something we've been working on with some of our clients. Um, is that you've got kind of what I call generalist AI, like the SaaS companies, really. And what we tend to do is develop more specialist AI. So it kind of kind of goes one level further. So one, the next level really is sentiment analysis. And it's emotional analysis. So with a text transcript, you're at one level. With audio, you're at the next level. And then with video, you've got all those things another level as well so that could be fantastically powerful especially when it comes to recruitment and screening people so if you're not using these tools yet you know it's something you should absolutely be doing and i like you we were talking earlier you made a good point that although you know google duet might have it microsoft copilot often you're going to be talking to people across different platforms could be teams could be slack could be zoom could be google and what you don't really want is it or in person absolutely right yeah that's a good point um what you don't want is an application for every single um, platform environment which you have these meetings yeah we don't we don't run a google drive oh i mean maybe we kind of do but like if you have half your information in google half your information in zoom half the information in teams or whatever or third in all those different places you know where's the ground truth of all of those different ones you want to have everything in the same place like and so what it goes back to what we said at the very beginning in an ai-assisted organization you want to have your database which you can access and your ai on top of it where you can access all the information so even though all these companies are trying to like monopolize it 
we don't all use Teams for one thing or Zoom for another thing or Google Meet. So you want to have everything feeding into a central place, really. Otherwise, you can lose opportunities to analyze that data and get and get benefit. From it. And what it means is, is that there's nowhere to hide anymore. So in terms of, you know, reporting, responsibility, accountability, is that it's all captured. And it means that, you know, what you're going to have is teams that are more effective and people, you know, get things done. That's kind of something that it's quite a simple AI to use. Lots of people we work with, I see this more and more on calls. If you haven't used one yet, you know, go out there, which leads us neatly into AI of the week. And the one that we use the most, which is going to be our AI of the week is, um, I don't know what it hasn't been before, actually, is a is fireflies so this is not adobe firefly this is fireflies and so go and download it essentially the application uh, or sign up at least and then you can then invite it automatically to any meeting in your diary whether it's zoom or google or um, teams or slack whatever it might be it'll appear in your meeting and it will it record the meeting and it'll even appear in meetings if you're late or if you don't even make it to the meeting so Absolutely. If you haven't done this yet, go and try one of those because you are going to be faced with these in all of the uh, large company productivity suites very, very soon. Yeah, to wrap up then, as we said, AI Insider Newsletter, sign up for it, read our white papers. You've got some homework for next week because we're going to be focusing and deep diving on the big one really, which is AI agents. And they are what are going to change our world and the way in which we operate businesses, the way in which we engage with clients and, and each other. And please do if you haven't yet, please really helps us subscribe to our channel on YouTube and also please rate this podcast on Apple. We do get good feedback on this podcast. We try and keep it lean, mean, short, interesting, informative, helpful, actionable, all that good stuff. So any, any ratings, any support we get really helps. And that's it for this week. So thank you. This is the AI Assisted Organization Podcast, Implement AI. And we'll see you again or hear you again next week. See ya.